there have been times that where I've, things have undermined me, shall we say. And I don't think that that was particularly because of of having time to, to have children. I think you know, sometimes you there are individuals in organizations that can be very political. You know, they can put messages about that undermine your position. So that's really what I've, you know, what I've learned is, is really about that communication piece of making sure you're ahead of any of that. Welcome to the Big Career Small Children podcast. My name is Verena Hefti. I'm the CEO and founder of the Social Enterprise Leaders Plus. This podcast and our award-winning fellowship program is for parents who want to progress the careers they love whilst being present with the children they love. I believe that absolutely no one should have to choose between becoming a CEO and enjoying their young children if they wish to do so. And in fact, too many amazing people get stuck on the career ladder just at the time when they have children. And this leads to gender inequality and the same stale, mostly male, middle-class, full-time people leading our organizations and our world. And I think we need to change this. In fact, I hope that you'll all help me to change this by applying some of the things that you get from this podcast and then really progressing to the most senior roles that you like, where you can make decisions that so to make our world and workplaces better. And with this podcast, I want to give you inspiration, fresh ideas, practical support to do that. I ask senior leaders and thought leaders what they would have learned about combining ambitious careers and young children. And you can use this to progress your leadership career in a way that works for you whilst enjoying your young children. Beyond the podcast, if you want support from brilliant like-minded peers, a world-class career development program for parents with senior leader mentoring, then head over to our website on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter and sign up to the newsletter. There are plenty of events um, that you can sign up to, free events, I should say, and every month we send out new ideas to try and new things to think about in this newsletter. Today's guest is Guy Duncan Neal. He is the Head of Global Internal Audit Transformation at HSBC. He leads a global team of senior internal auditors and change makers in the bank. And he's also in his non-focused stuff. He's, a, he's someone who wants to support others. So he's a senior leader mentor for our fellowship program. And he also informally advises and mentors lots of other working parents outside of that. He is very interesting because I think he's the only person I know, actually no, apart also He Jun Chang, who I've also introduced, but they are the two only people I know who are vocal and open about the fact that they want to have a big career, yes, but also they want to work normal hours and they do work normal hours. And Guy does this in a sector that is known for very long working hours. And so she, he shares with us how he manages his hours, how he sets boundaries practically, and what his story was of learning how to do that. Enjoy the conversation. A very warm welcome, Guy, to the podcast. I am so happy to have a chance to chat to you properly. Thank you for making the time, which is, I know you've got a very busy schedule. Why don't we start with you telling our listeners who you are, who, who's in your family and what you do for work? Yeah, so I'm Guy Neal. I have two twins of three-year-old twins who are um, great fun. And I also have two older kids who are 
coming up for 21 and 18. So I've got the, the, full, the full spread. And I currently work for HSBC in the internal audit function, um, leading their transformation element of, of, of the function. And you are pretty senior, not to, you know, to, to be blunt. You're leading global team. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So I, I lead the transformation effort within uh, internal audit. So, yes, I'm on the equivalent of like an executive committee and I'm the MD responsible for that. Mm-hmm. You're so humble. You could be Swiss. In Switzerland, you know, the people are, which is where I'm from, people are always expected to really downplay what they do. And I feel a real sense of homeliness talking to you because <laughs> you can't cross It hasn't humble. always been that way. It hasn't always been that way. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I think very importantly when, when I have had, I had kids, and I suppose even more so, I had cancer two years ago, and that just gave me a reflection on what was important in life. Yeah, that's a key thing for me is trying to get that balance, that balance right. Thank you for sharing. And the reason why I was so keen to speak to you, amongst other things, is because you and I, we had a chat about you becoming a senior leader mentor to one of our fellows, and thank you so much for doing that. And you mentioned in passing that you were working, in quotation mark normal working hours. I might have put that word normal into your mind now, but can you tell us a bit about what your day-to-day work pattern looks like? Yes, yeah, so day-to-day a lot. There's, there's quite a lot of meetings and I'm also helping lead the training within the function. There's team meetings that I attend. There's a lot of coaching that I do during the day with different members of the of the team you know we're very much trying to change the culture of the organization and that requires a lot of time and input getting to understand people's different people's drivers and how we can help them make changes in the way that they do do Mm -hmm. things and just before we came on air you mentioned you were usually working between eight and six is that common in banking i don't know i mean you know some people will work longer longer hours and may have times during the day that they that they are would take some time to spend time with children or or doing exercise and my working I, I try to limit my working day such that I can spend time with the kids at the beginning and and the end of the day yeah, so far it's it's working great well from and this may not be your experience but from my hearing from fellows in banking and in, in related city-like sectors it it sounds to me that a lot of people feel the pressure to work very long hours is that something that you felt at the beginning of the career not necessarily inter from others but internally or were you always very comfortable finishing and starting on time no i definitely agree that there is a pressure there to work long hours. There certainly was an expectation that you would put the work first before other things. I, I think that that is, that is changing in the city and has changed. So I'm not sure that that sense that you have to work 12 hours a day is always there. But the, there is, you know, people will often have more to do than they have time to do. And it's it's very. I've had times over over the last month or two where there there are occasions where you feel overwhelmed in terms of like trying to decide where to focus your time. And it's very important to reflect back and remember what's important for you. 
and re and rebalance. So that there's always doesn't work all the time. So there's always a need to to reflect and and rebalance. Mm, yeah, I think everything is a work in progress with, with these things, isn't it? Can you take me back to the time when you started to shift your behavior? Can you paint the picture of how you went about moving from yeah. working reasonably long hours to finishing and starting on time? Yeah. So if I think about you know how I, I went about doing it, I very much during you know large parts of my career always made sure that I'm doing some form of exercise every day. And you know there were before I did a lot of cycling, I used to go for a run every every day for work. And that, that would that would be my my type of clearing the head type of refresh kind of time. And I think that, you know, that when I look to finish at a normal normal time, so finish about you know five thirty, six o'clock, I was instead I used to cycle in. I used to get in very early in the morning because I was a a Japanese organization and therefore could you know quite easily start work at, at half past five in the morning but it meant that I could get home to see my wife and uh, and do things in the evening and also I was at that point going through a, a divorce with my, with my first marriage and was able to get to see my kids twice a week and do homework with them post uh, post school so I think probably the trigger was unfortunately going through a divorce and, and needing to to really manage my time to be able to spend time with the children in the uh, post-school and, and do that homework session. Mm. It's interesting how that very challenging, or for many people who have been challenging experience, shifted your thinking in a way that it sounds like it gives, it's a positive thing, the behavior that, that you have now, it seems to be a positive thing from what you're saying for your for your set- setup, is there anything that you learned about yourself in making this shift? Yeah, I think the, the thing that I learned was that up until that point, in terms of bringing the kids up, that was you know, we had a full time nanny, and it was very much something that I almost delegated to the nanny, and that my engagement with the, with the children was not was not good enough. You know, I didn't give them enough support in those those early early few years so i think you know the thing that i've learned is that you know life is short and and the, and the kids are only young for such a short period of time you will really miss it if you if you don't have the right around time and spend the time with them and and they will they will miss it in terms of their their development and understanding who you are and the values that you have and the principles that you apply when you're doing work doesn't mean that they should follow them, but at least they, they fully understand who who you are. Mm, thank you for sharing so openly. And is there something that you practically do in order to be able to close your computer at a certain time and be present with the children? Yes, I just close my computer. I don't have my emails on my personal phone. So I have a work phone and I leave my work phone either in my rucksack or on my desk in the office at home. So I, I will not read emails. And in the past, I was, especially when we had the, the BlackBerry, I would, I would be monitoring the BlackBerry until quite late in the evening or 
first thing in the morning. But uh, no, I've, I've very religious about making sure that I do close off. Once I've stopped work and shut down the computer, then I'm with the kids. I'm just interested in what you've learned about being able to do that. It sounds like such a simple thing to do, but it's such a big shift. And so many of us feel under such pressure to keep looking at those emails, especially if everyone else or if, if other people do it in the organization or in the sector. Is there something that you've learned about that enables you to do that? Or was that actually rather easy for you once you decided to do it? The key for me was just making it clear to my, you know, my, my line management that this is what I was going to do. You know, really be clear about setting those expectations. Don't be answering emails when you're on holiday. Make sure that you know, people understand, look, you know, guy has a family, and he has, has uh, things outside of work that he needs to, needs to crack on with, you know, be open about that and really set out those expectations. But it is, it is challenging. I think as you feel like you're making your way in an organisation, you know, there has to be, there will, has, there will be some times where you have to be flexible. But you, you just make sure you pick and choose those, those times and it's not all the time and doesn't become a constant thing that you, you do you know as I said before two or three or four weeks ago I just suddenly felt like I just didn't know which way to turn I had some some things I needed to help my my sister with I had stuff that we were doing here in the house and I had a lot of things on at work and you you really have to be disciplined with yourself to not let it overwhelm you and just okay let's rethink what are the priorities and how am I going to how am I going to do what I need to do within the day and the things that you can't do, you just make sure are well communicated because one of the type of failings I've had in the past is try to try to do everything for everybody. But that then means that actually you're multitasking and you're not bringing your best self to those things and, and not delivering the right quality. So it's not a productive way to Certainly for me, it wasn't a productive way to manage the way that I manage work. And when you, I think it's easy to say that, but when you're in the eye of the storm and everything is pushing at you, work, family commitments, other commitments, what have you learned about what works best for you to deal with those situations and come up with that priority list, like you said? So you have to give yourself space. You just got to wait, get away from the desk. Just go for a walk. Just get some fresh air. It doesn't have to be long. It can be half an hour just so that you've got time to reflect. Try to get off that treadmill for half an hour just to rethink, reflect, and, and go again. Yeah, for me, that's, that's the, the key thing. Mm. And you shared with us that you, you did have cancer a few years ago. This very thought-provoking book by Oliver Bergman, 4,000 Weeks, the idea that, in, in essence, it, it argues that the life, life is finite, which it is, and that you need to think carefully about how you're spending those 4,000 or so weeks that you have. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like it's been a really, that has been a really big shift in your thinking to, to consider what's important to you. Many of us who maybe don't have these traumatic experiences, we do have moments where you think, oh yes, this is really important to me. I've always prioritized this. But then life happens and it just becomes intense again. Have you learned anything about how to hold on to the big priorities in life, in the craziness of, of it all? 
Yeah, that's an, an interesting question. As I say, the key for me is just being keep it really simple. Don't overcomplicate what your priorities are. I always put family and friends first. That's so that's my number one priority. If work is getting in the in the way of that, then I will be pushing back to work on okay, I need, I need to take take a, some time out to deal with this or, or this is the current situation. I think you know the key for me is communicate, communicate, communicate. And I can't remember when it was in my career, but you find that people are incredibly adaptable. So when when everybody's saying like this is panic, 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 and you go, okay, well look, you know, I can't meet that deadline. It's just not physically possible to do that. Let's agree on a, a more sensible deadline when I can deliver some good quality stuff. And they go, oh yeah, okay, yeah, understood. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. We can work with that. You know, it was quite. You felt like it, this might could go one of two ways when you started those conversations. But actually, it was a very productive, became a very productive relationship rather than feeling like you were always running to do the next task. The individual would get to understand who you were and what made you tick. And you did the same with them and and it became a much better working relationship than it was before. So Mm. so I I think it is about taking a little bit of, of risk when you have those conversations because it does sound, you know, it does feel a bit scary, but it, you'll find that that will work wonders for your mental mental health as well as how your career grows within that organisation. Thank you for sharing. I love that risk taking mindset. And just thinking back to how you used to set boundaries or not set boundaries for people or push back, like you called it, and how you do it today. What are the practical things that you do now that you didn't do in the past? I do share, hopefully not too much, but I do share, you know, what I'm thinking, what's what's driving me today, what what's on my mind. I communicate much more than I ever did before in terms of people trying to understand why I may be not either not focused or have got other other priorities on, on my mind. And be very clear with them about when I can focus, when I can deliver with them. Yeah. And people appreciate honesty. Mm. You know, they really do. And they will react very positively to you if, you, if you've got integrity and you, you can, they feel that, that this individual has taken a little bit, as I said, a little bit of personal risk to open themselves up. They will buy into that. And it's, it comes back to really building trust within the organization. Mm. And that's, that's a big thing that I'm trying to trying to do in the in the current role is is really build a, a greater sense of trust within the organization interesting let me deviate i'm curious what's your freshest thinking about how you do create trust especially we don't always see each other face to face anymore yeah i think for me you know, the key things are you know, saying it as it is being very honest and truthful talking about the realities of life you know it's not it's not you know, not just saying all of these things sound lovely in theory, but have you actually tried to put them into practice and talk about practical examples of ones that haven't worked, ones that have, and very much building a, a culture where people can take personal risks. Not everything has to work. The, the key is that you learn from the things that don't work. 
don't be frightened of, of, of failing every now and again. You know, there will be times that things fail. You just need to be able to demonstrate your learning from them. And it's a constructive engagement rather than like um, shutting your, your mind off. Thank you for sharing. We did talk about your story before, before we came on air a little bit. And I'm intrigued in, you know, this point around failure. Do you think in the last two or three years, you had moments where you did fail in combining an ambitious career with children well? And is there anything that you've learned from it? There have been times that where I've, you know, things have undermined me, shall we say. And I don't think that that was particularly because of, of having time to, to have children. I think you know, sometimes you, there are individuals in organizations that can be very political. You know, they can put messages about that undermine your position. So that's really what I've, you know, what I've learned is, is really about that communication piece of making sure you're ahead of any of that type of noise is that you're communicating on whether there's something that hasn't gone particularly brilliantly, you're ahead of that and say, yes, look, we recognize we've just had a, an issue here. This is what we're what we're going to do about it. This is what we've learned from it. So I don't I don't think that that was necessarily because I was because I was spending time to get to see the children. I think it was it's just more of those you know, how to deal with quite a political or sometimes can be a very political organisation. Mm. Luckily, I'm not in one of those at the moment. <laughs> we are all political to an extent. I listened to a program with I think Jane Goodall about chimpanzees or gorillas and. Apparently, they're political as well. So it's just an innate thing that we we have and we need to learn to deal with to an extent um, or control it, depending on what your preferences are. And just coming back to the setting boundaries element, did you ever have someone who responded badly to setting boundaries? Feel free. If you don't want to comment, that's fine. We'll just edit it out. But I'm interested. Did it ever go badly? And if yes, what have you taken from it? I think, I mean, there were, when I was more junior in my time, there were, there was a boss who, his working ethic was, he'd basically, you know, work was his life. And you'd often get a load of emails just as the individual came off the plane or when he logged in on a Monday, Monday morning first thing. He'd obviously be working throughout the weekend on things. And he had an expectation that everybody else was the same. That was definitely quite a, a challenging environment to work in, and you know, looking back on it, you know, that it wasn't it wasn't a particularly comfortable comfortable existence. He was a, an incredibly smart individual, and you you learned a lot from him. But you, I certainly wouldn't be following any of his his type of people management skills. That wasn't that wasn't mm. one of his strengths yeah i did i don't i can't remember really in, in the end i i decided to vote with my feet and leave but i'm not sure that that's always the, the best way to do that well it might be in the end it's about freedom isn't it and if you have the freedom to do that then fan- fantastic and so some of your children are close to being grown up already is there any advice that you would give to them about career progression and at the same time if they choose to enjoying a young family yeah it's so interesting because I always talk to my eldest daughter who uh, is coming up for 21 and talk to her about what's driving you, what are your, what are your passions? And she keeps saying, 
dad, you know, I, I just haven't got, you know, apart from, apart from swimming, you know, my, I haven't, and running and being fit, I haven't really particularly got a passion. Because, and, and I can't remember whether I had the passion or whether I just de- developed it. But, you know, I, I was able to explain why I'd done the things that I'd done through because I was passionate about it. But I'm not sure that that same passion exists with this current generation. It could be just my daughter, but they have a different way of, of thinking about where they want to go. I think they will pick and choose and move, move around jobs much, much more freely than we, we ever did. In doing that, it may become more challenging to actually take the time out to, to have kids. I, I would very much ideally encourage them to have children you know, younger so that they're really able to, to help them develop and grow. So it's such a difficult balance. I mean, I'm, with the three-year-olds, I'm now much more chilled than I ever was when I had my first two. And I, I've learned a lot more in terms of just how to manage myself so that I can be at my best with my kids. But equally, I realized that I, I'm not going to be there for them all the way through their, up until their middle age, you know, times and, and this, this things are very fortunate. But, you know, so you, it's trying to get that balance right. It's so difficult. And yeah, it's a really difficult equation to balance. And you said you learned about how to be at your best or be present with the three-year-olds. Can you share a bit more about that? Yeah, and then that really is just completely switching off not letting work over, overwhelm you, even when there's a lot on. And just saying, right, you know, I'm here to do some colouring or play some, you know, do, do, a show with the, do a show with the kids and, and get into an environment that is very safe with them and just you know, help them develop and share your thoughts and have, just have fun. I can see your smile as you're talking about spending time with your children. That's clearly is something you enjoy. And I mean, I'm asking this personally because I sometimes, I, I don't think I'm the most mindful person. I find it hard to physically focus on the children, and especially, and this is going to make me sound very bad, but you know, if they do things that aren't that interesting, the 10th time building the same Lego castle, how do you make sure that you're present, not just there, but you're present and you don't think about other things? Is, is that a learned thing? Is it just because yeah, you've had... It is difficult. I just do when you know, they're doing something that's like, okay, or you know, that it's a bit mindless. Internally, for me, I'm not actually really contributing much. I suppose what I, what I try to do is actually just focus on what they're saying, their facial expressions, trying to understand a little bit more what how their character is developing while they're doing some quite simple, simple tasks. So maybe it's just not focusing on what's in hand, but actually focusing on the individual and, and saying, okay, oh yes, let's, there's, a, there's a humorous side or there's a cheeky side or there's a, they love charging around, they love doing exercising. Let's, let's build on, on that. And it's trying to work out, you know, where, where are your kids going? What's, how their how brain and body are developing. Yeah, actually, that's such a good way of looking at it, just to be curious 
about them rather than about the Lego castle. So I, I shall yes. try that. <laughs> I shall try that next time. Yeah. My, my little daughter, yeah, I'm very pleased. She's now very much into Lego. And yes, so that is what we are doing this evening for sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we're coming towards the end of our questions, but I wanted to explore just a bit more about what you would say to someone who is hearing this and who is quite ambitious. They want to have a senior role like you they might be in the level or so below you but at the same time they are extremely pressured you know home life is very pressured work life is very pressured and they just want to have they want to stop looking at their emails in the evenings they want to stop home life and work life merging do you have any practical things that that individual could do this week to start to make a shift yeah i i think it is one you know make sure you haven't got your work email else on your personal phone and apply for a company phone to have for your for your work emails and then just not look at it outside of the what you believe are your acceptable hours I, I think it's it's sitting down with you know your partner and working out the priorities for you as a as a couple and as a family and being clear on What's, what's important, where are we going, and, and thinking through a strategy for that. And making sure that you then communicate that with your, your management team so that they understand where you're going, what's, what's important to you, and be clear about that, that ambition. You know, for me, I'd, I'd never compromise on the, the family. I, you know, that's, that's for me, is, is my, my driver in terms of what I want to do. But everybody will have different drivers, so it's 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 got to be your personal choice with your your family. So mm. spend the time doing that. And I would like to ask a follow-up question. So I know that some people will be listening to this and think, yes, that is exactly what I want to do, but I am worried about it harming my chances of getting to a senior role, which is also important to me. How do you do what you've just described there without but, harming your chances? At the end of the day, if the employer is not going, is, is thinking that you have to do something different and that doesn't fit in with the way that you want your life to run, it's your life, it's your family. Just you have to make a call on whether that, that role, that company is, is the right one for you. At the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to lose out, not you. Very well said. Thank you for saying that. And I think now everyone will want to come and work for you. <laughs> but it is true, isn't it? Because we need to have people who are saying this, who are in senior roles, because otherwise we're not going to change it. So without being patronizing, well done for, for leading that change, not only in your official role, but also just as a, as a human being. Um, I really respect you for that. Is there anything else that you wanted to tell our listeners? Anything else that you haven't had a chance to share yet that is important to you? No, I think we've, we've pretty much explored all those avenues in this in the last 30 minutes or so. So, no, it's been been interesting discussion. Thank you so much for joining us, Guy. Really lovely to chat to you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, you might also like episode 38, where I talk to Chris Bryant about how to work part-time in a senior role, how to get paid fairly doing so, and learning to say no. Chris is a partner in a law firm, another sector 
not at all known for normal working hours and it's really interesting to hear his story about how he does it and how he says no. If this has been helpful to you in any way, please do join our newsletter for practical tips and insights. You can do so on leadersplus.org.uk forward slash newsletter. We are looking for individuals to get more involved in our movement, particularly people who not just want to progress their own careers, but also want to support others and be part of a community of change makers. Again, on our website, leadersplus.org.uk, you can see an overview of how to get involved. There are upcoming events, probably at the time of this going out, the next event will be one on dual careers. If you're very senior, you can apply to become a senior leader mentor like Guy. And if you're a parent with kids between the ages of 0 and 11, you can apply to join our fellowship program, which is a world-class career development program for parents. You'll get access to inspirational role models who have experience in bringing up kids whilst progressing their careers. You'll get support with managing your workload, saying no, developing your vision, making a plan for career and family life in small group sessions. And you get access to research on what causes career progression and how you can implement this practically in the context of looking after little ones and possibly having to run off midday because nursery called again and your other half is out of the country. Yeah, there are hardship fund spaces available as well, so it should be accessible to anyone. Next week, we will hear from Nikki Kendrick, who works at Ford, and she is the first person at her level to have negotiated a job share in her previous role. So I think it will be really interesting to hear from her and her story of negotiation. See you next week.